truth, y'all. Um, we are so excited to be here today to have yet another conversation. I think today we'll be wrapping up um, the oh. Love is Blind series, right? Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys are feeling well. Um, we are going to start off with um, questions like we kind of did last time. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. see. I'll start first. Let's see. Let me pick a random, a rando. Ooh, this uh -oh. is, is it a good one? <laughs> this is a is good a, question. Is it a deep one? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I, well, I feel like you could we go like deep, deep regardless. Yeah, you know? we like the deep. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, it says, what experience do you want next, and who can open up that door for you? Ooh, oh, hmm. What experience do you want next, and who can open up that door for you? That is an uh, interesting question. Because I feel like I can, go, I can go a bunch of different ways. But part of me, I'm like, I want to go deep. But then I'm like, do I want, I don't know. Okay, let's see. Wherever you go. experiences do I want next? And who can open up that door? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. It's uh, a heavy that's one. That's a weighty question. Mm -hmm. um, can I answer it two ways? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I, I I have like I have a love for different cultures. Okay. Um, so I think the first thing that comes to mind um, is experiencing more cultures. Like I think when I went to Africa, I it for the first time ever, I feel like my worldview was was broadened. And you and you hear that often mm -hmm. when people go travel. on you know travel mission trips. Like you know you tend to lean towards like wow like it's a whole world out yeah, there like not just this yeah. box that I'm living in so I think that my my first thought goes to like yeah I think I I, I want to experience different cultures more um than I have um ever and I don't know that there's somebody that can open the door for me I think it's just a matter of like first buying a home you know and then you know prioritizing um but yeah I think I want to I want to experience more um cultural things and I want to immerse myself into just different experiences like I I like I like things but I also like experiences and um I, if I had to choose you know for a gift I would prefer um an experience any day same, same. but I, I think the other my mind goes to just I think all that's happening at um Asbury and that's not to say it's not happening mm. here and you know at in other places but I don't know I think I've been um I remember when um I think it was like 2014 um when I was leading young adults I had this like thought of like and this hunger of like man like because my the church I was at was like maybe less than 10 miles away from um, Azusa Street Revival. Mm -hmm. So it was like down the street from there, but in my like young and immature and naive mind, like I heard stories about it, I read articles about it, and it was like this hunger of like, man, I wanna experience like that, like what they, the seeds and the, yeah, the seeds that once um, was, planted years ago um 
you know, through the different revivals. Um, and so I think my, yeah, I think my mind goes to like um, that hunger again. Like, I don't know, I think watching that and seeing everybody respond, I mean, you, we're seeing different responses. We're seeing, you know, people say like, don't be so quick to call it revival or what classifies it as a revival. Um, and I, I, I just lean towards, man, it's a, it's a move of God. Regardless if we think it's a revival or not, God's mm -hmm. moving, he's restoring, he's reviving, he's reinvigorating hearts and minds and people are being transformed. And so I think um, it's, it's been a conviction, mm -hmm. like not, not, not for the local church, but in my own life. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think um, it, it, it starts in our own hearts. And so I think I've just been taken aback of like, Erica, remember when there was such a fire that burned and I'm like yo I don't my fire like where I I mean your girl zeal your girl fire as I don't know it just it, it's it's been I mean I think there's a scripture that says that too where Paul says where he says to, to flame, fan, fan the, the flames. flames yeah yeah and I, I don't I think you know yeah yeah that's the scripture and um, I don't know, I just, it's been this thing like where like God's just been reminding me and taking me back of, and like remembering, like remember once where like there was just such a fire where you, man, like you, you burned, you were a burning one, you know? And so I think I want more of God. I want to experience more of him. And part of like that, that longing, I think it started like last year where I like had this this epiphany of like man every year it's like I want to get closer to God like every year you know you, we do our like resolutions mm -hmm. and our mm -hmm. calendars and it's like you say oh I want I want to like know God more I want to be closer to God and I think last year God was like no like maybe try changing it to like I want to be more aware of his presence mm -hmm. versus like becoming closer to me um so I think, yeah, all in all, I think just I, I want to experience God revive my heart once again, mm, like to break my heart once again for what breaks his. I think, you know, um, I used to hear people talk about like the dry seasons mm -hmm. and I always like, no, like, and I, again, I was young and dumb and I just feel like. What, what what is a dry season there's never a dry season like you know you you got the holy spirit that lives on the inside mm -hmm. of and out of your belly you know all of these things that you know we we were so groomed and accustomed to um or the things that we were groomed and taught but i've been walking through a dry season mm -hmm. i i will say for some time now mm -hmm. and um if that answers your question i that's think really just good. wanting that's that experience who can open that <laughs> i mean that's i don't really know Lord. The Lord, yeah, I'm yeah. like I don't know who who can like open that door for me, but like I can I can have a willing heart, you yeah, know. I could good. I could surrender. I could posture my heart in a way that you know God could move through you know whatever junk and mess that He needs to move through, and I think that's part of the process of God chiseling away certain things. I think yeah. like when we think about like how we once were like this reckless abandon like we we just you know like a child like you know like that childlike and that's that's what god wants like you yeah. know he wants that to be a child like you know and yeah. i don't know where along my journey with the lord where i just struggle with perfection the performance like you know i remember i i never cared what people thought i never cared how it came out how i articulated it but, but along the the way 
like those things became really important so i think man just experience i want to be undone again yeah in his yeah. presence i, I, I want to not care what people think i want to not care how it comes out what it sounds like and so yeah that i think that's yeah no, that's my other answer i think i have a couple thoughts but i think a part of i think a part of that of the perfectionism and all those things like has definitely been um common to a lot of people and i think what contributes to that is also social media mm. because you know we're like oh don't make yourself seem like this on mm. you know mm. online or watch what you say with this and because people can pull things out of context and mm. stuff like that so i think that true pro pro probably true. has been you know um maybe contributing to, to it you know what i mean but um what you said was about remembering you know about where you once were mm -hmm. I think God knows this you know what I mean like he knows all things and he knows that there's going to come a dry season and there's yeah. going to be a season where we have you know lost that zeal and mm -hmm. we're no longer fanning the flames like yeah. we once were and I love that I think all throughout the scripture you know and I think we talked about a little bit in the last episode where it's like we see these patterns mm -hmm, throughout the mm -hmm, Bible mm -hmm. and we see these 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 patterns of God trying to get us to remember mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know remember who I was and, and God referencing himself of mm -hmm. I'm the God of Abraham and I'm the God of Jacob you know what I mean and Isaac and that's helping us yeah, remember who yeah, he was that's really good. Um, so that that's just really made good. me kind of think of that you yeah, know like yeah he knew that yeah. we that we would have these you yeah. know moments yeah. of you know of us forgetting of yeah. where we once were and yeah. how yeah. things used to be um and so i think he's he's just so you know kind yeah. in that way and i yeah. think this is also like a moment in your life where god is telling yeah. you remember yeah you know remember yeah. when we you know spent time like this yeah. or remember when um, you know you felt this way mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. me and yeah so yeah, yeah that's good and I'm like God. yes God I want to remember but I also want you to do a new thing you know like because yes. those those were great moments um, you know and I I'm grateful for the single years like I, I just I am like because it was like just me and Jesus mm -hmm. and so those and, and life happens right. you get married you have kids and there's other responsibilities yep. there's different things that and that's you what carry. Paul talked about too like if, if, if y'all could be a gift. Yeah. he said I would prefer you to I would prefer you marriage has its own challenges and hard you know all of these things and and he, then when you never, have kids and they take up your time and I, I think even on my way here I was thinking about like dang like I remember when I used to like I used to just sit in the presence of God, like just reading my Bible in my room or just worshiping in my yeah. room. And like, I don't get those opportunities. Those yeah. opportunities for me are yeah. not as often because yeah. I have two small children yeah. who wake up at six o'clock. But seven. the beauty of that too, cause like um, that I'm learning, I don't have kids yet, but um, I think even in new seasons and transitions, I think the beauty of that is for me at least um, it has, it kind of has helped me because I, I always thought it had to look one way, right? Like, and I, like, man, I longed for that for so long. But then, like, I felt like, you know, I think maybe it was pandemic or maybe after pandemic or something like that where, like, my view of um, time with God had expanded. Been, okay. 
I guess, if you will, like, because I always thought, like, okay, here's how I have always experienced God. It's I wake up early, you know, I grab my coffee and grab my Bible, and I'm like, you know, I'm in the lab cooking, and I'm, you know, I'm studying, and I'm, you know, doing all of the, all of the things, but then I think, like, with transitions, with change, with marriage, with different seasons of busyness and fullness and all of those things, I think for me, I had to be, I was forced to expand my um, I guess perception, of perception or like. idea of what worship and spending time with the Lord is, and so maybe yeah. it's a hike or you know I don't know shopping at no, see, no. shopping at Target or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like you know I, just those, those moments, and it, I, and it was so narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think we limit God. We put God in a box of what that's yeah. supposed to look like, and we hear all the time like that quiet time, get that quiet time with the Lord, and. Um, and I know they always go back to that scripture, like, go away, pray in quiet and all of that. But, like, it looks different. And, like, you talked about in, in the seasons. seasons, like, God knows, like, I don't have quiet time very often. Like, yeah. when my quiet time is that, my kids are asleep. Mm-hmm. And normally when they're sleeping, my husband is there. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't always have that quiet time and like what am I supposed to you know like yeah. if I if I waited for that quiet time I would never you know never you'll never see it right yeah it's, never spend the time just, yeah so I, I, I like you said I think it's broadening that perspective and like yeah doing things like unto the Lord like you know so and like when those those things that we do daily like mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing the laundry like I'm doing this unto the Lord and it sounds like really like no, it's real but it's when I'm doing spreadsheets so all day <laughs> I, it's hard for me to say that's worship to God you yes. know it's so hard because I'm like God what in the world like you know what am I doing I don't want to be doing this I'm, I'm right. supposed to be doing other things you know and that's <laughs> and then that's the narrow perspective of what worship means because worship is obedience. Yeah. And yeah. I'm being obedient by doing the things that I'm called to do as yeah. a wife and as I'm called to do as a mother yep. and as I'm called to do as a leader and mm-hmm. and in my job. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think that's that's, that's really, really good. Are right, yeah. you ready? Yeah. Okay, here goes. Do 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 do. Okay. In what area of your life do you feel most fulfilled? Family, work, finances, health, or faith? That's a good question. That's a great question. In what area? I'd say, I'd say in this current season, I'd say family. Um, Yeah, I'd say family because um, my marriage is in a good space. Um, My kids are growing well. Um, my son, he was born early, so he's in speech therapy. He goes once a week, mm-hmm. um, and he's been going to this location since uh, either, I want to say October, maybe, mm-hmm. of 2022, mm-hmm. or like late September, mm-hmm. um, somewhere around there. Um, so it's been, maybe he's been there four or five months, mm-hmm. um, maybe six, yeah. Um, and uh, he's just doing so well. Like yeah. his speech is just—he just turned three in November, and his speech is like—it's just like blossoming, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm so—I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I never, you know, suspected this to be the circumstance that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to see the Lord like work in his life has mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. been so just so beautiful um 
God continues like to show himself through like my children um, and and in our marriage so I'd say family um, I'd say that for sure in this season yeah I I think I'm trying to and we kind of had this conversation I'm trying to figure out how um, to manage like now becoming a working from home mom and Mm -hmm. then also like spending that time with God um, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that out yeah I haven't figured that out yet but that's why I'd say like right now in this season I'd say I feel most fulfilled um, in in my family because I feel blessed you know to have the the marriage that I have to marry the man that I did and um, to have the children yeah, yeah that's beautiful yeah wow thank you for sharing appreciate that I love it yeah. I feel like it goes like uh, hand in hand with just kind of this last oh, episode yes. of like love is blind and how you know um yeah i mean i'm sure i know based off what you told me you know just having co- uh, your son um born early and how you could have looked at it as, as a burden and mm. i you know i think mm-hmm. it was hard you know there was many yeah. challenges that y'all had to and obstacles that y'all had to overcome but ultimately like the beauty is like you get to see what the Lord's doing, yeah. Even in that, and That's so, so good, yeah. um, I mm-hmm. feel like it goes with like just this conversation of um, of abortion. Yep. The last episode of Love Is Blind series, I think it was episode six. Yeah. Of Love Is Blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like you're like the you're really good at like summarizing like the episodes. <laughs> Right. Probably because <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like I, I'm, a, I think I might get into it though. I think I really am because I'm, I'm interested in the new episodes too. But I feel okay. like I, I don't know about you, but like when I watch some, so this is us. I think oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I came, I jumped on the bandwagon. Not even jumped on the bandwagon. I think I might have watched the episode with somebody, and um, I was like glued okay. from the moment I watched it but I couldn't just jump in they gave me like a whole spiel of like you know what's this going what on happened. but yeah. for me I just couldn't jump in I was mm-hmm. like I gotta go back right. even I think I watched uh Jane yeah anyway I, I just had to go back so I think for me if I do get into it I probably have to like go start back. from the beginning and then work my way yeah, yeah, way. yeah. but I feel like you're like really good at like uh, just explaining, explaining. Okay, so those of you who have not seen the Love is Blind season three series, it's on Netflix, go check it out. Um, In episode six, there's a couple named Nancy and Bartice, and um, this is after they kind of dated in the pods, and they made the decision to get engaged, and now they have moved in together. And they're engaged so, or are they yes. are they they're engaged mm-hmm. at this point. They're engaged oh, at this okay. point. So you don't like it's not like it's not like married at first sight no, 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 type no. of thing. So you you get to choose when yes. so you get engaged and then the next steps is like solely you move up to you. In, yeah, you move in together, you kinda you know, have a trial marriage almost. Like you live Got together it. and you just kind of experience each other and um and then it I think it's like the I I don't really know how long the experiment is, but I think you live together for three to four weeks, I want to say, and then they make, then the decision day comes, um, mm-hmm. They and I think they have to go through with that process, because every couple that I've seen on every season has made it to the wedding day, mm-hmm. and then at the altar, you either say I do or I don't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, so, um, 
I think when they sign up, they have to do the wedding. Oh, okay. It's like because I haven't, college. yeah, I haven't seen anyone not say I'm not it. making it to the wedding. Um, I think they have to go through the whole experiment, mm, mm. and then they say either I do or I don't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, mm. and so this couple in particular, Nancy and Bartiz, um, he tells her that he doesn't at the altar. It's this whole big thing. Um, but while they were in the engaged process, so they they date in the pods, they don't see each other, and then they decide whether or not they they want to marry each other. So the man will typically propose to the woman. Mm-hmm. They've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. They've just been chatting mm-hmm. for the last three weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, they meet each other after they've said mm-hmm. yes to the engagement, and that's the first time they meet each other. Yeah. So this at this point in the in the series, they're um, at their shared apartment, and um, they're discussing kids' timeline as far as like when they would like to have children. Um, she's older than him, so mm-hmm. I think she was like thirty-one, and he was in his twenties, maybe his mid or late twenties. And um, you know, she she mentions like she's concerned because she's older, and as you get older. You, you know, we know that, like, you have a higher chance of your child having, like, a birth defect. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of explaining to him, like, um, uh, that as far as the research of children being higher risk for, for mm-hmm. having birth defects. And then she's also talking about, um, she's, a speech path- she's a speech pathologist, and um, she explains to him how she encounters children who has all sorts of disabilities, um, physical to mental disabilities, and um, they've, she explains how, you know, some of her clients have had, like, traumatic, like, medical conditions mm-hmm. um, and medical challenges, and then it also brings relational tra- challenges on the, on the marriages, on the moms, on the dads, um, and so um, she says if she were to get pregnant and she were to see on the ultrasound that her child was going to have some sort of disability, then she would choose to abort that child. And that's when the conversation gets like real like intense and um, her partner, Bartis, um, he explains that he's completely against that um, because uh, he, he says that he's like mentally like stable and mature and tough enough to deal with challenges um, that a child with disabilities may bring Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah so then they have this whole conversation about what what they believe as far as what constitutes for an abortion Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. Um, they go into a little bit like you know she says like well if it was an unplanned pregnancy do would you abort then or um, if someone was to get molested or raped, would you say yes to abortion then? Um, and so they kind of go into their thoughts and um, stuff like that. And Nancy, she kind of concludes the conversation with, you know, she doesn't believe that she has a say in anyone else's body. Um, and if you, she believes that if you need to have an abortion for any reason, then have it. It doesn't, you know... She doesn't care why you're having the abortion because she doesn't have a say in anyone else's um, body. So that's the. It was a really intense conversation. I didn't. So I didn't get past that. Mm. <laughs> so did they? You said they did go to the altar. Those two. Specifically. They did. Yes, they went to and the he altar. He said no. He said no. Probably it was it. 
Maybe that was a part of the conversation the... because his family, um, he, they talked. He comes I think from they, a faith background or no, not really? I don't know. Maybe, okay. I don't know, yeah. But he talked about it like with his family. He has a sister and his mom and dad were on the show. And um, I remember they had the conversation with his family there and his sister is like in tears, mm-hmm. like having this conversation. Like, you know, like I just don't agree with abortion, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so after his family found that out they were kind of like she's not it you know mm-hmm. like those viewpoints are just so vastly different you know she's not the one for you wow. um and so yeah so they make it to the altar and um he says yeah he says he does not want to marry her wow. um and she said she wanted to marry him so yeah so that was a whole whole thing um and then they they just uploaded some newer episodes called um after the altar um and uh, yeah they're no longer yeah they're not together oh yeah Yeah, at the end of the day they um are not dating or anything like that so they just kind of called it off yeah completely wow Wow. Mm -hmm. wow yeah so, I, I mean, I, I, I just want to put this out there. I want to say, you know, we're not attacking Nancy. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah. I want to put yeah. it out there that we're not attacking her, but we're examining the statement and the mentality of, um, you know, this concept. Because I know there are some people who mm-hmm. can feel for her and agree, sure. you know, with her. Um, but I, I want to – I think this is important to talk about because I feel like as believers – um, we can wonder, like, you know, well, what she's saying isn't all that bad, or you know, what's what's so wrong about that? You know, she's yeah. she's she's personally dealing with, you know, so many children who have disabilities, and she sees what that kind of does to the families yeah. and to the marriages and all that stuff. So, um, how is that so bad? You mm-hmm. know, what she's saying. So, I think that's why. Um, this conversation is important what what are your thoughts because we get to look at it at all angles like you know i feel like um i can empathize Mm -hmm. with her um and obviously she she has the experience she works with the families she knows like what you know you know kids are not a burden but that them you know dealing with that like financially like it could put a strain on you know the marriage and so I could definitely I could empathize with that thought and um, those concerns but not agree with um with the thought fully you know Mm -hmm. like I, I feel like um you know even as Christians and as believers like we we're not called to like an easy life like Mm -hmm. we're not called to a life that's void of suffering and hardships and um why do we get okay i I feel like it's a contradicting thought too like i think like i can't because i I think my thoughts are all over the place but i think she mentioned she said i i don't have the right To to tell someone else what to do or something or whatever with their body with yeah, their body yeah. but we we never consider the unborn mm-hmm. and i know i know i know i know it's a whole like conversation and to be honest i'm tired of the conversation of like mm-hmm. whether the, you know 
the life in the body is a is a baby or not at what point does it become it's just exhausting at Mm -hmm. this point i think and we we know that um you know there's life in the mother's womb so i think i think hearing that like we don't we don't consider the the voiceless the unborn um we only consider one aspect of it, um, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think I think my, my simple thoughts are like, yeah, I can I can empathize with that. Like, I think, mm-hmm. you know, those are great, you know, concerns to have, and you know, those are good things to think through. Like, as you're, you know, stepping into motherhood, motherhood, and whatnot, like to to consider all things, like mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think to make a decision. Now I get it. Like, you know, I don't have a I don't have kids yet, but I know like with certain people like you know you at some point you probably could speak to like the at whatever point in the the pregnancy where a doctor comes to a parent to say like hey these are these are the possibilities right this this may or may not happen or it could be a short thing it could be a certain thing like hey these are these are going to be you know the issues Mm -hmm. coming up but I think at the same time we don't make decisions because I mean there I don't know the statistics of it but I do know stories of you know mothers being told that like this is a short thing kid may have some issues um so I think it's still a what if like you're making a decision based off what a what if like what may or may not even happen Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah and so I mean and I like you said like making decisions based off of that I think also just looking at this particular conversation and situation I think that her her conclusions um, are very feelings driven mm. um, and that's another reason why I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. talk about it because mm-hmm. I think that's important because mm-hmm. I think we can you know make decisions based off of how we feel and mm-hmm. what we you know experience um, yeah regarding the down syndrome I feel like you can see that um, mm-hmm. you can't know that ahead of time um, I think they see that on the anatomy ultrasound mm-hmm. when it's like mm-hmm. you're halfway through the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that is more often like a certainty mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. other things. Um, but, you know, like I said, with the feelings, I think that is some of these, most of these decisions are based off of feelings and yeah. being driven by feelings and not being able to do this or not being able to do that. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think the best thing to do is to go to the text and see yeah. what God says about this. What does the Bible say about this as believers? If we're, you know, we need to make our decisions based off of what yeah. the word yeah. says um, and what falls into alignment with, you know, morality according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I think that whole concept of, having the right to do whatever we please with our bodies or mm-hmm. you know that my body my choice uh you know philosophy um we can look at first corinthians we're, we're going to go to first corinthians chapter six um and paul is kind of responding to the church of corinth um because they had questions and he's responding i mean in this text he's responding to sexual immorality mm-hmm. um but i think abortion can be within the umbrella yeah. of sexual immorality. Yeah. Um, I, I know that some abortions do happen in marriages, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but it, it largely can fall under the umbre- umbrella oh. of sexual immorality. So let's look at what God's word says. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 12. We'll start there. 
It says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I just love that's, that first. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I like just, a drops mic moment. Right. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I do have oh. the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, for, you say food for the stomach and stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were, brought at a pri- you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So that was 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12 through 19. Um, I mean, that first, that first line. Line, yeah. I mean, yeah. It speaks to this whole philosophy of, you know, um, my body, my choice, I can do whatever I want. And Paul says, yeah, sure, you can. (laughs) But is everything beneficial? Yeah. You know, and so I think we have to ask ourselves that question is this beneficial and and what and, and then what in the context of what is this what does beneficial mean yeah <laughs> like is it just beneficial for me you know because i think someone can answer that question and say well yeah this is beneficial because then i won't be able to do xyz but i think we also have to look at the whole of scripture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um you know the even the commandment the commandments like what is the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. You know, and so then it goes into that whole aspect um, of that. Um, so, yeah, I think this completely debunks that my body, my choice, especially verse 19 and verse 20, where it says, Do you know that your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You are not your own. Yeah. All right, we're back, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> Our camera died. We had to fix some things here. Um, oh, man. No, but we were we were just having a conversation, and we were looking at verse twelve uh-huh, uh-huh. and how you know Paul was saying that everything is beneficial, mm-hmm. and so the Corinthian church this was the slogan that they used was mm. I can do I have the right to do anything. This mm-hmm. was a slogan that they had adopted um, to in order to justify their behavior, yeah. um, and what Paul is trying to get them to understand um, that freedom to act as one pleases isn't freedom at all and in the commentary here it says that it's the most insidious form of bondage and we were just we were just talking you know while the camera was off and we were talking about how every evil act every wicked act the thought the thought of i have the right to do anything 
that's how they committed what they did. Yeah. Was that whole philosophy, that whole mentality of this is good for me, this is right for me, Mm. um, and I have the right to do it. Yeah. That's how every evil action has been committed with that philosophy, with that mentality Mm -hmm. of... So good. Yeah. Right? That's scary to know that, that, um, that we can think things are good for ourselves or I have the right to do whatever I want to do, whatever I please to do, yep. um, and I'm going to make my decisions based off of that. Yeah. Um, it leads us to where we are now. You go back to the beginning. Eve, yeah. she yeah. had the right to do whatever she pleased, right? For sure. God, God told us. For sure. But this is what I thought was pleasing to the eye. This is what yeah. I thought was 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 good. good for me, and so that that mentality of I have the right to do whatever I want in order to justify my behavior leads us to where we are right now. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Do me a favor, like, subscribe, share it with a friend, but we also want to know your thoughts. So drop your comments in the comment section. Let us know what you think. Listen, we had to split this conversation into two parts. So join us next week for part two of this conversation. We'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.